funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers some sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest people I know. Hello and welcome to the Radio City Music Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the funniest people I know. Ooh. Right? Hey, world, welcome to Funny People. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, world, and welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. I am in the Georgia Radio Reading Service here in Atlanta, which is popping. It's a hot city. Here's my solution to traffic. Just keep driving. Don't stop. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah, that yeah. is true. I do see a lot of people just stop. Move your in car. Places. No one asked, but thank you, TJ. That's great advice. I've got some advice. How about ride a bike? Yeah. That's been getting uh, that's really like, annoying. Yeah. The bike riders and all those people on scooters and the pedestrians. I'm so over it. I mean, if it takes one more car off the road, why not? Bikes make me most scared of all because I don't trust that they're not going to fall over and get run I'm, over. I'm with you, George. George, I don't think I've ever seen you on a bike. That's a true statement. Oh, Can wow. you ride a bike? At the gym. Can you no. ride oh a freestanding without a no sort of exercise bike or any sort of anchor? You know how to ride a bike. I don't believe so, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, my dad wow. had to work. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh. Oh, we get to teach George how to ride a bike. I really want to teach George how to ride a bike. It'll be the best day at the park Oh, my God. George, ever. This is the day George uh, gets a concussion. I rode one of those Lime scooters, the Uber one, yeah. and I don't know how to ride them because... My parents work. Like, so <laughs> they have time to teach me how to ride scooters and bikes. But I mean, wait. I fell and injured myself. I've just got to interrupt here because both of my parents worked, and I still know how to ride a bike. Yeah, <laughs> that was the best I could do. Really <laughs> was, I grew up a fat kid, I guess. <laughs> you had Saturdays and Sundays. My mom couldn't ride a bike, I don't think. I think that's why I didn't learn. Yeah. TJ, can you ride a bike? Yes. If TJ and I gave you guys a little cycling lesson uh-huh. on a real flat piece of ground, okay. would you be willing to get on a bike? Absolutely not. As long as it's flat. Because I was going down a freaking hill when I fell and bruised Me my too. shin and chipped my nail polish. Me mm. too. No. Uh, George, too. that's not how you use Me Too. Yeah. <laughs> not the same thing. <laughs> right. I don't know. I love cycling. Mm-hmm. I love the wind in my face and I love all the places you get to go. And yes, it can be dangerous, but I'm all about reasonable, responsible, leisurely cycling. I'd love to open your eyes. That's all I'm saying. And I'm all about driving a gas guzzler half a mile when you could have walked, but it's a little warm out. The air conditioning. Yeah, with air conditioning blaring and the windows down. The people of Savannah and all the coastal cities need us to ride bikes more. (laughs) Otherwise, their homes are going to wash away. they're still here. Well, for now. For now. (laughs) I was hanging out with the wife this weekend. I had gone to see the new musical at the Alliance Theater called Becoming Nancy. Oh, yeah. Alliance Theater is a theater in Atlanta where plays and musicals are Form. When did you become the context police? <laughs> Thank you, TJ. Thank the you. king of the non sequitur over there. Uh, the people in Uruguay will not know what you're talking about. <laughs> this show was great. It took place in England, and it was a high school theater program putting on the show Oliver. 
I was about to say, is it Oliver? Because yes. as soon as you said English musical, I'm like... And Nancy yeah. is the strong female lead. Yes. This uh. boy... So wait, Oliver is playing at the Alliance Theater right now? No. No, TJ. What? TJ, there's okay. a show called Becoming Nancy, yes, which is about a British high school group who puts on Oliver. Is that what Becoming Nancy's about? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see some boy become Nancy. But it's the 70s. Oh. And he gets cast as Nancy. This mm. small town in England has to deal with it. And he also is gay and they have to come to terms with that. Okay. And it's a beautiful story. The reason I bring this up is I got to see a free preview of the show. It was really fun and nice. I enjoyed it. It's probably going to go to Broadway. I thought it was fantastic. I was talking to Lily about some of the plays and new works that she'd worked on because she's an actress that went to NYU. Mm. Oh, nice. And she was telling me about this revival they did of the musical Hair, except the entire cast was bald. Uh, <laughs> that is so funny. Isn't that so college theater? Oh, I hate people. <laughs> it misses the whole point of hair. The hair was not just about, oh, look, they all have hair. It was about rebelling against society, this uptight, overly conservative society. It got me thinking, what other crazy pitches could we come up with? Reworks of, of a musical. And, and I'm going to start with one. What about an all-male cast of Little Women? <laughs> yeah. That's what, brilliant. What's the pitch? That's all I got. My most famous acting role ever was playing Aunt March in Little Women <laughs> at multiple occasions and multiple venues. You've lived becoming Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's now a role that's going to be taken up by Meryl Streep, so Meryl and I have that in common. How old were you? 17. Brave enough to get on stage as Aunt March at 17, but I can't get you to ride a bike. Imagine if I had to ride a bike dressed as Aunt March. <laughs> TJ, you got any? Frozen the musical, but global warming is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Her powers don't mean anything. Yeah, she just tries to do the hand magic and nothing immediately. Yeah, it's one of those misters. (laughs) (laughs) That's just her job. She missed people on patios. It's a really dark musical. That's good. Alex, what you got? You know, I'm a cat lover, and I was like, what if we did cats, but with actual cats (laughs) starring as the cats? I think that exists. It's called YouTube. Cats of YouTube. George? I think it would be beautiful. Phantom of the Oprah, a musical about a haunting at Harpo Studios in the 90s. Oh, my God. I would be front row center opening night. I like that. I would love the Irish National Theater, where everyone has red hair, Mm -hmm. to perform Legally Blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Once, but... Twice? Twice? <laughs> what happened? Tell me more. This guy is in this club, and he attracts this Irish woman, and they go on a trip together. To- <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what twice is about? I haven't thought it through yet. Clearly. I got the twice. Stop. Stop the title. <laughs> a friend of mine once came up to me. She goes, I have an idea for a story. It's yeah. about a crab, and he has a suitcase. That's all I got. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh-huh. I was getting a little meta, and I was thinking, what if you have a company that was about to go out of business putting on rent, and we are literally paying their rent as we are watching this production? Yeah. Your ticket sales go to keep the show going one more night. Basically. That's good. I like it. Okay. Riddler on the roof. Fiddler recast with the characters from Batman. (laughs) I love that idea. I've got another Fiddler pitch. It's Fiddler on the Roof, but Reb Tevia is a homeless man with no house, and he's just Fiddler in the Park. It's <laughs> a sad version of the story. I've got a Hamilton one. Yeah. It's a hip-hop Hamilton-style musical, but about Charles Dickens. Of course. I was at a mm. fair this week, and all of a sudden, the beginning of Hamilton 
could be heard. And it was a bunch of white kids on a stage with a microphone. And I just thought, you're kind of missing the point. I was like, as it was intended. (laughs) I got one more. You know how they read it, Oklahoma, so it's more current and has Uh some current social issues? I was thinking the NRA could sponsor the remake of Annie Get Your (laughs) AK-47. Lion King, but Lion Queen is all Beyonce songs. Oh, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, that's no the doubt. one. I want to end with this one. It's West Side Story, but it takes place in Shakespearean England, and instead of the Jets and the Sharks, it's about two warring families. The Capulets and the Montagues? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's brilliant. That's going to be a hit. It's an iambic pentameter. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Which yeah. is so hot right now. So yes. hot right all now. All the kids are speaking in pentameter. <laughs> Folks, if you've got any pitches for us, you can send us an email at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. I want to get into a game. Okay. TJ loves games. I do love games. This is a game called Would You Rather. I love this game. Oh, yeah. We go to these pitch meetings and (laughs) TJ says, wait, what month is it? George, let's play George Gives a TJ Pitch. Okay, it's July. Right. Let's do something about 4th of July. Oh, brilliant. Or uh, maybe something about 4th of July. Let me look at my calendar real quick. Okay, (laughs) let me pull it up. Oh, my God. Ooh, Netflix has a new show coming out next week, so maybe something about that. Guys, guys, it's November, and what are we going to do on the podcast? I just, I can't figure it out. TJ, what do you think? You are the worst. Uh, Okay, I have a brilliant idea. No one's ever thought of it before. Thanksgiving. No one will be expecting it. (laughs) I like to say topic. <laughs> I love it. I love a theme. Oh, Thank boy. You. you know, it is so cold. I'm so sad. I'm single again. It's February. What are we going to do on the podcast? <laughs> Definitely something about bunny rabbits. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Would yeah. you rather yeah. eat uh-huh. all of your Halloween candy in one night uh-huh. or have one piece every day for six months? Mm. We each answer, right? So, wait. Candy all in one day or one each day? For a year? Six months. Oh. Well, six no, you didn't gather that much candy, TJ. Oh, well. You were out all night. <laughs> He's got several buckets. <laughs> I'm a candy hoe. <laughs> you well, stick out the candy. I got a trick or treat. So which one would you rather do? Would oh, you is it me? Just all in one night. Yeah, why not? Just like, get it out of the way. Yeah, let's get it all. chocolate wasted. George, I'm saying all in one night. I like the November first stomach ache. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm spreading mine out. Mm-hmm. Give me one uh, every day for six months. Yeah, but then that chocolate starts to get a little chalky. You shut your face. <laughs> I will find a way to store. When you're eating pumpkins on Valentine's Day. Yeah, Tootsie rolls smell like Starburst, and the Starburst that- tastes like Tootsie rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. There is a freezer. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Would you rather? Live with the Munsters or the Adams Family? Definitely the Adams Family. Oh, well, the Munsters, because the Adams Family like to kill each other, right? <laughs> oh, like, but they're a... so funny. I would want a sword fight with Gomez. Also, Thing. That mustache is sexy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the mother in the Adams Family? Morticia. Morticia Adam. was a whole mood. A yeah. baddie. Angelica yes, Houston. Yes, yes, Angelica. The hair, the Houston. nails. Although I will say, if I had to choose Grandpa from the Munsters over Uncle Fester, I'm going Grandpa. <laughs> All day long. Grandpa, he was fly, right? Mm. Fester was gross. Mm -hmm. Also, he was confused and easily manipulated. But then Wednesday Adams would probably be my best friend. Oh my gosh. Would you rather have an arm made of poo or pee forever? I heard this one at summer camp when I was nine. That's tough. That's a gross (sighs) Halloween. I mean, would an arm made of 
poo. Your arm can either be made of poo, <laughs> solid poo, or yeah. it can just, it, your arm urinates. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is it like sweat? Like, how does it work? Well, if the, <laughs> if the poo's not a constant thing, I'd go with that. Oh, like it's just your arms poo for a bit, but you pee forever from your fingers. That's what I'm understanding. Yeah. Uh, TJ, what have you done to our level of conversation? <laughs> I imagine me as a nine-year-old. Term. What did nine-year-old TJ pick? There was a big argument for having just the arm made of poo and just cutting it off, just having one arm, and then I would go, you just pee forever. It would be normal after a while, you know? I, I just like normal yeah, so Or you just live in water and like, always in a hot tub. I just I guess you could always just be peeing in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah. Nobody minds that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody minds hanging out with Don't that. Don't go okay. swimming with TJ. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather be in a psychological thriller, like if this was your real life, but it was your everyday scenario? Yeah. Would you rather be like an 80s slasher film, that's your life scenario, and you're the teenagers in like Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I think today we already live in a psychological thriller. Yeah. It's like already reality. I think the fear of the mind uh-huh. is mm. actually scarier than due to the chainsaw. Because every time I see one of those movies, I'm like, I could take them. Okay. okay. I couldn't. I would do psychological <laughs> thriller because oh, I'm God. scared of men with chainsaws. Yeah. I would right? run. I would trip. And then I would start crawling. Like, <laughs> crying. Like, exactly. Two of us would be able to hop onto a bicycle and ride yeah, away. Well, and we'd exactly, never get you caught. Have a point. Yeah, as long as you didn't get to a pebble or a branch. <laughs> <Okay. you know? laughs> like this bike is secure in the dark woods. Okay. It's, like, it's like a tank. <laughs> I'm just riding over everything. Uh, Alex, you and I will take a Humvee. Okay. <laughs> Need a ride, guys. <laughs> Somebody serves you a cake. One cake is the roadkill armadillo, mm-hmm. the shape of this cake. The other cake is a diaper. It's a heavy diaper. These are still just cake. Which There's which cake would you rather eat? They're really cake, right? There's no. Surprise. They're really cake. I'd go with the diaper because there's gonna be a chocolate filling. Ooh. But the roadkill could be raspberry. Oh yeah. If it was strawberry, you might have gotten me. The, but raspberry. Man. This came as I was working on this show this week. I was in Doctor Bombay's underwater tea room. It's this great little tea place in Candler Park. There was a baby shower next to me, and this woman walked in, and she says to the server. Excuse me, sir. And he says, yes, ma'am, what can I get for you? And she says, we need extra plates. I have to serve the diaper cake. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first off, who has a baby shower at a restaurant? All the time, people do it. There were two of them while I was sitting there. I was there for a while. That's something you do at your home. (laughs) 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 TJ's really upset. Put a server through that. Do you not want to be caught up in the baby shower? Not in public. I want to be at someone's home. Would you rather be brutally murdered by a close friend or a total stranger? Ooh, do I see them before I go? Yeah, yeah, you know who it is. So you brutally murdered by a total stranger or one of your closest friends? Total stranger. I don't want my heart broken before my... (laughs) (laughs) You'd just rather be like, oh, I shouldn't have helped that guy carry that box. I think I'm more interested in the story of it. If it's a close friend, do I know why? Uh, I'm sure you had it coming. Did we just get in an argument? Did you find out I stole that last peanut butter sandwich? Yeah. Would you rather Alexandria murder you brutally because you stole the last peanut butter sandwich? Or <laughs> would you rather be mugged in the parking lot on the way to Oh, definitely the sandwich. Okay. Uh, because if it's random... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a stranger, he's got some weird psychological thing happening. I'm random. It could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. But if it's you, I go, well, I mean, you know, I did take the sandwich. I do appreciate the drama of it all. As well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. flair. I live for it. Alex, how about you? Well, I guess not, but 
I think I want my friend to murder me. <laughs> like, right? I want my friend to kill me. I feel like there's story there. There's passion. There's still some love. Makes mm. it really tragic when we tell the story of my murder. Right. So if we're mugged on the way to the car, we'll just throw TJ in front of the guy and run. Yes. That sounds we'll great. We'll all hop on Will's bike. <laughs> One more. You're late for a costume party. You forgot to get a costume. Okay. You get to the store. This is a mandatory work-related costume party. Mm-hmm. You cannot go without a costume. There's two costumes left at the Halloween City when you go. You can go as R. Kelly or Bill Cosby. Oh. 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 Who do you dress as? Bill Cosby, because at least I was adults. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to say Bill Cosby because I look good in a colorful sweater. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I would just be R. Kelly and be in the closet the whole time. That's <laughs> <laughs> how ironic. Thank you, folks. That was Would You Rather. George, last week we did a writing assignment. Yes. We had the first sentence and the last sentence of an epic story, and we had to fill in the gaps with 12 transition sentences. Yes, Mm -hmm. Professor Chris gave us a writing assignment. And we, the funny people, did this exercise. And it was excellent. I think we're up for a Pulitzer. I would say so. We're still waiting on our grade, Mm -hmm. but we're going to hear actual grad students who did the same exact assignment with the same prompt, right? Yes, yes. And we're going to hear their version. To remind everyone, the first sentence of the assignment was after a long day at work, I walked into the living room, kicked off my shoes, and sat down to watch a Golden Girls marathon. And the students had to each write one sentence. They wrote them at random, and they had to get to, ultimately, the aliens vowed never to return to Earth. Uh Okay, here we go. Okay. After a long day at work, I walked into the living room, kicked off my shoes, and sat down to watch a Golden Girls marathon. I just worked a double shift at the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant. I was about to nod off when my hand stuck in a Dorito bag, but just as Blanche dug her fork into the cheesecake, there was a knock at my door. Irritated at the rude interruption, I opened the door with full intent of letting whoever have a piece of my mind, but instead stood there shivering as my eyes adjusted. The bright-colored strobe lights reminded me of my disco nights, and my thoughts faltered as I realized I shouldn't have eaten two of my sister's bourbon-soaked brownies (laughs) on my way home. Tarnation, I said. (laughs) Are y'all actually sparkling, or did my sister put more than just bourbon in them hot dang brownies? Cumin, they spoke in unison. We are lost and seek directional assistance. I glanced into their orbs. All 18 of them. And they fixed all eyes on me, all seven feet of me. I mustered all the courage left in my lucky fanny pack, the one that normally holds the brownies. They normally keep brownies in a fanny pack. That is messy. Right? Like, do you line it with a napkin or anything? I need to know. Y'all can't just go around calling every person you see human, you racist piece of space trash. My name is Fanny Worthington, the third. I threw my last bourbon-soaked brownie at the visitors, but quickly regretted it, picking said brownie off the ground and shoving it into my mouth with one bite with a loud sound. Let's try the next door, they said, as the Fanny Worthington bean is too strange and aggressive. Their eye holes darted over to my neighbor, Charlene McGillicuddy, the 17th, (laughs) who was lounging on her porch swing, fanning herself with the latest issue of High Life magazine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite sure what was said between Charlene and the aliens, but I saw them stick what appeared to be a long metal tool into her redacted and slowly pull out a redacted. (laughs) 
She was laughing so hard and for so long that all other activity on the streets stopped as everyone's attention went to her. They were alarmed by the size that they found below the surface. Too bad they stopped before they got to the best part. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the lack of blood should have alarmed me. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> that took a turn. But little did those barbecued blur holes know, <laughs> if they had kept pulling, they would have found... <laughs> I thought of how funny the word phlebotomy sounded while completely forgetting what it means. Ultimately... The aliens vowed never to return to Earth. Uh, we did a better job, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I, think we did. I think it's interesting that they came right out of the gate with a big choice. Yeah, yeah, they went with the aliens right up front. They thought about the end in the beginning where we focused a lot on a ham sandwich. We did. There was so much exposition. <laughs> so much ham sandwich. Chris told me after we read it to let y'all know that sentences 14 and 16 were the, actually the first two sentences they added. And they had to work towards those. So sentence 14 is, they were alarmed by the size they found below the surface. Too bad they shot before they got to the best part. Uh -huh. And then the last line being about phlebotomy. So that's what they had to work towards. This is what you're going to learn how to do, Will. You're going to learn how to write these great stories. You're going to learn all about what a phlebotomy <laughs> means. What yes. a great word. That's an upper echelon word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also yeah. love the use of the word sparkling. Sparkling. Mm -hmm. That's Never heard that term to reference whatever they're referencing. Like being buzzed? Is that <laughs> well, I think sparkling means you're stoned. Oh. oh. oh what a great euphemism. Is a the term? bourbon symbolizing marijuana? Bourbon? Probably. I would say so, because mm. they're bourbon-soaked brownies. Mm. In a fanny pack. If it doesn't mean that, then bourbon in a brownie is a perfectly good waste of bourbon. <laughs> okay. You are Let's learning, talk about it. You're learning the lingo before you up on campus. Yeah, you're going to just show up on campus with a pot brownies and be like, everyone, it's bourbon. I'm going to be the coolest guy on campus. Exactly. Does anyone have any bourbon? Or oh, you'll be like one of those wing? old students that are trying to be friends with all the young kids. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to have a backpack and it's going to be all the way at the top of your back? Like gonna He's going to carry it like rolling luggage. Oh, the rolly backpack. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah, a backpack, but that has the stick that comes yeah. up. Oh, gosh, those were always the smart kids. I love the idea of this drug dealer who has a rolling backpack like, <laughs> through campus. Yeah. Wait, no, no, it was a drug dealer on KSU's <laughs> campus. Not the drug, but, you know, the cool Can guy. we get him to campus first before you get him expelled? I know, you got him expelled. <laughs> Sorry, it was just like another story. First the letter, now own. this. I'm in trouble. <laughs> You're going to get an email after this uh, episode airs. I'm like, uh, Mr. Amato, we have uh, changed our minds. As per your recent episode of The Funniest People I know podcast. Linda and Emissions email me. I will clear it all up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pretend, Linda. Yeah, Linda. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. But before we go, we've got a very special treat. Back by popular demand, here is another installment of The Twink Next Door. Previously on the twit next door. And there it is. Bright as day sticking out on the plantless countertop. A large yellow package sized envelope. I notice it's only closure. One small metal clasp. I could open it without anyone ever knowing. No, I shouldn't. But before I can stop myself, I've lifted both metal tabs of the clasp up. And 
open the envelope. And now, episode three. I'm standing in my new neighbor's apartment alone, holding a package that's not mine. How did I even get here? This isn't like me. To trespass into someone else's home and snoop into their private belongings? Or maybe it is. And this is who I am now. A nosy neighbor. A burglar. A spy. My hands are shaking as I lift open the golden clasp of the package that bestow a hidden mystery within its casing. A drop of sweat rolls down my cheek as my heart races at the speed of a horse at the Kentucky Derby. Then my mind becomes foggy as a distant memory washes over me. It's my seventh birthday. My mother has planned an outdoor birthday party in my neighborhood park a couple blocks away from our home. The Connecticut spring weather is perfectly sunny, with soft white pillowy clouds floating in the ocean blue sky above. The boundaries of my childhood oasis are surrounded by trees and flowers. A massive pastel-colored playground castle towers over a small pond where children send their sailboats on nautical adventures. I sit on my mother's lap at a picnic table wearing a paper crown surrounded by presents. Here, open my necks, Charlie. My Aunt Eloise hands me a golden package wrapped with an emerald green ribbon tied into a bow that's so perfect it must have been magic. My aunt always demonstrates in clever ways how well she knows me, such as wrapping my present in colors from my favorite movie, The Wizard of Oz. The beautiful bow collapses as I slowly pull the green ribbon, which my aunt takes and places into her pocket because she knows I'll want it later. I carefully unwrap the present. I have a feeling of what's inside, and I'm right. Glowing effervescently in the golden wrapping paper lays in. You got him a doll? My father is furious. I don't see what the big deal is, Frank. It's a toy, and he loves the movie. My favorite aunt has gifted me a doll the size of my sister's American Girl doll. But she has even bigger brown eyes, shinier brunette hair, braided in pink tails, and a blue and white dress with glimmering ruby red slippers. It's Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, and she's all mine. I've never felt so much. No, absolutely not. My father yanks Dorothy right out of my tiny grasp, whirling her upside down with his hand around her leg, marches toward the duck pond at the bottom of the hill. My aunt chases after him. You can't be serious, Frank! Oh, but he is. My mother puts her hands over my eyes as my aunt chases after my father, yelling obscenities at him. But the only thing I hear is a distant splash in the water, which echoes in my head for the rest of the day. Oh my god, what kind of ass just leaves a mess in the hallway? Oh, How is he back already? Damn gays and their constant need to walk really fast. Ew, gross, it's like everywhere! I look around frantically searching for a place to hide. The pantry door? No, too small. Behind the shower curtain? Ew, is that mold? Ugh, now I need to use the bathroom. In the closet? Definitely not doing that again. Hallway? No, he's in the hallway! Damn it, Charlie, think! I run back to the living room and turn toward the back wall, staring right back at me as my only way out. I race to the window, open the latch, push open the door, or whatever it's called, climb out onto the ledge and duck underneath the window frame just as I hear my neighbor open the door. Oh, I really did leave my door unlocked. Wow, here I am, squatting in a fetal position, as if I'm in a Taiwanese bathroom on what has to be a ledge no wider than a foot outside my neighbor's second-story window. I feel the harsh, high-altitude winds blow against my face and rustling my hair, but not in a sexy way. 
I then feel a harsher, cold, sharp breeze pierce my eyes, sending a teardrop rolling down my cheek. I am John Krakow, and this is my Everest. A man walking his dog down the sidewalk, and I make eye contact, but he looks away and keeps walking. Rude. Hello? My heart skips a beat as for a split second I think my neighbor is talking directly to me until... Yeah, I'm not saying it, Gary. There's, like, nothing on the counter. I look down and sure enough, there it is, tucked underneath the flap of my jacket, secured between my arm and the side of my upper torso, the yellow golden package. I must have been such a rush to evade being discovered that I forgot to put it back on the counter. The crimes against me are piling up quicker than gays on Fire Island. Breaking and entering, and now thievery? I can't get caught. I look terrible in orange. Are you sure you didn't put it somewhere? Because, like, I'm not seeing it anywhere. While still pressing my full body against the second-story wall outside, I raise my head an inch upward, peeking ever so slightly to take a look inside. I see Kevin walking around his apartment, searching for something he won't find. And as I hear him returning to the living room, I duck my head down. I hear him moving closer toward the window with every step making the hardwood floor beneath him speak louder and louder. My heart is racing more than ever. Uh, what the hell's the window open? Then I hear it. The window closing and the latch locking. Great. Okay, well, there's definitely not a package in here. I gotta go. The man on the other end of the phone yells so loudly I can even hear him through the window, but can't exactly make out what he's saying. Okay, I get it! I said I get it! His anger startles me so much I jolt forward, losing my balance. I quickly try to grab onto the wall behind me, but there's nothing to grab onto. And then I feel it. As if in slow motion, my body begins to descend downward toward the ground below. End of episode 3. Whatever that was. Uh, That, ladies and gentlemen, was TJ's autobiography. (laughs) The Twink Next Door. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Funniest People I Know. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook at Funniest People I Know. We're on Instagram. We love doing this show, so if you love it, tell a friend about the show. Leave us a good comment on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, have yourselves a hilarious week. Bye.